Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paul from Liverpool, uh, California. Uh, I'd like to introduce someone very special today. Oh, he's a friend of mine. I've known him for, for a while now. Ladies and gentlemen, the famous drummer, Steve Ferroni. Hello, everybody. It's Mouse and Weens. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Here we are. We are also on YouTube, so we're actually looking at each other, waiting for our esteemed guest to join us, Weens. Oh, first of all, I'm Mouse. I'm Joelle. I'm the mom one down in San Diego. And I'm Weens up in uh, L.A., California, and we are here to uh, just say hello. We love you guys, and uh, also, we're, we're always saying how much we love these guys. We love you guys. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the listeners, so thank you guys. Yeah. We might just, we're just hanging out also waiting for Steve Ferroni, our esteemed and wonderful guest. And he'll be popping on here pretty soon. And in the meantime, we're going to hang out. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good. Do you want to go over his bio real quick while we, um, maybe he doesn't want to be bored by his own bio because it's so long. Let's do it, but let's do it to a drum beat. I want to insert a drum beat. Oh my gosh. So do it to the dun, da, dun, dun, All right, you have to keep the tempo then. Da, dun, dun, da. Tom Petty. Okay, wait, what? <laughs> Here we go. Sorry, We're going to do his whole bio. Okay. Okay, he was in these bands, or he was a session musician in Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Duran Duran. Duran. Average white band. Bee Gees. Paul Simon. Eric Clapton. He filled Tom Phil Collins' spot. Shaka fuck. This is so hard. He filled Phil Collins' spot. Shaka Khan. Bette Midler. Stevie Nicks. George Harrison, Whitney Houston, Alan Parsons, Johnny Cash, Aretha Franklin. Take it. Dire Straits, Scritty, Politti, Rick James, Al Jarreau, Peter Frampton, Cindy Lauper, Anita Baker, the, her, 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 Brian Ferry, <laughs> Tracy Chapman, SNL House Band beginning in 85. Pat Metheny, Steve Winwood, Paul Simon, Michael Jackson, Aerosmith, Slash, and Pooh. <laughs> which is an we italian band i had to dorks. look that one up <laughs> yes okay okay i put the drum beat on afterwards and it was really hard to match up a drum beat with us all over the place and we just had a so delay you know. on the phone too yeah but, so um, that was a problem but anyway it was to highlight the fact that steve has been in so many incredible acts yes he's the drummer extraordinaire he has he started with average white band which you probably know the song pick up the pieces yeah that was a big one he played with them for a long time then did a lot of work with shaka khan and i think that's a lot of where his connections came from from there he worked with all i want to do she had a ton oh yeah huge and the musicians on her songs were great and eric clapton pulled her in to play on his songs so there's all the connections. He went with Eric Clapton on tour. He ended up on the MTV Unplugged stage when with Eric Tears Clapton, of Heaven. Yeah, when he debuted that. I know. It was amazing. And then he, you'll hear stories about the Beatles. Um, Duran Duran, he worked on two full albums of theirs. Notorious, yeah. And then a couple other songs, a few other songs too, but yours with them too. And that was like kind of a main gig. Stevie Nicks. Rick James, Slash. I mean, it's Johnny crazy. Cash. The Bee Gees. Yeah, like Johnny Cash, your favorite. Um, favorite. Unchained album where Johnny Cash basically was put on the map again, which 
you know, a movie by Joaquin Phoenix, Walk the Line, comes after. It was all from his career resurgence. So yeah, yeah. He played, and that was an iconic album for me. I love yeah, it. so he played on that, and Rick James produced it. Rick so James. many others. Not Rick James, Rick Rubin. <laughs> Cindy Lauper. I don't even know if we mentioned Street her, Blitty. but yeah, yeah, just tons of, we're going through a list of just, there's too many to even mention, but this guy is incredible. Paul Simon, I don't know if we mentioned Paul Simon, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. We Tracy did. Michael Jackson, cheese, Louise. Anyway. Anyway, let's He's get to amazing. it. He's yeah. such a good guy. Here, Very humble. Here we go. Steve Ferroni, legendary drummer. Legendary. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you? Nipsey, Nipsey, you know, people call this, refer to this medium as the Hollywood Square sometimes. So <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a meeting once and some guy had a Paul Lind up there. So I decided to be Nipsey Russell. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Ew, it reminds job. me of the old days. Yay, how are you, honey? I'm good. I'm just sorry I'm late. Don't worry, I, I no worries. A, I get I get confused. Time is kind of eludes me at this in this uh, COVID period either. And Who? I was in the middle I was in the middle of writing out my new my new radio show. Oh <gasps> yeah. How's that going? It's going great. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this is uh the new guy on Tom Petty Radio. That's right. I am the new guy. I was the new guy I was the new guy for twenty <laughs> 28 years now and i'm still the new guy they still like don't take any notice of anything i say and so drummer yeah the fans still call you the new guy i love it the new guy yeah and now right. you have some new news i was i was uh looking up different news things about you and i found out that you are newly engaged <gasps> that's correct congratulations, congratulations. That, that is correct uh, my bride to be is out is out is outside there in the living room, watch, watching Hallmark movies. Yes, she can hang out with me. I love them. <laughs> yeah, you too. I mean, she like, loves them. It's brain I mean, candy. It's in a world when we need some happiness. It, you can always yeah. count on the same happy ah. story. <laughs> she said. She said. She said. Oh, she said. There's a great one. There's an interracial one on this weekend. We have to record it. And I'm like, oh yes, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes because she is a lovely blonde lady uh, no, and she's not blonde are... anymore she's in it she was actually she died ahead oh got it okay she did huh she was she was actually she was actually brunette like you said. and then and then she died ahead blonde and then she then she then she then she got she wanted to go back and then then it you know it does that funny thing where it's sort of like you have like sort of dark hair up here oh, and, yeah. and, and, and yeah you know, yeah uh, I, I, yeah, she's in a, I'm not going to say her exact name. She's in her fifties. Yes. yes, and you, you're. I'm not that stupid. You're a smart man. <laughs> he's going to watch the Hallmark movies, and he's not going to say your age. You're going to stay married the rest uh, of your uh, life. This is good. She's in her fifties, so she's got some gray in there, and I think gray's kind of attractive. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I got plenty of it myself now. So yeah, you know. yeah. We were, <laughs> our mom so, just went gray. Yeah, we she were just beautiful. talking about it before you got on that she's gone. So yeah, I've noticed lately that a lot of women have just been saying the hell yeah. with it because you know, I mean. My own personal experience with that was that, you know, I mean, when I started to go gray when I was about probably, uh, I was in my 20s, I think maybe 27, 28. I got this little, I had this little strip of gray, when I had hair, I had this little strip of gray right here. You know? And then it just went all over. So I decided, okay, let me do this like, you know, Grecian formula and then dyeing it and all that stuff. And then. And, and and it's so much yeah. work. Yeah, how long you know, did you keep that up? Because that's hard. Not very long. I mean, you know, I just so finally, you know, what I did was, you know, I took my my son. He was he was I was, I was little, you know, and I took him to the barbers, you know, and I said to the barber, I said, "Can you shave his head?" 
I love it. Because we had the same, we kind of, I wanted to, I, I thought, well, you know, I'll have a look, see how, how he, how, how he does with a, with a bald head before. It was, it was pretty good, you know, because we kind of look alike. So the note to say, use your kids for experiments. Right. <laughs> and he, well, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, whenever anybody gets, I mean, you know, just to face it, you know, whenever people get older, they, 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 they change, right? So I was, I was sitting in the middle of, of Wembley Stadium, I was playing with Eric Clapton in Wembley Stadium, I had under a thousand people when we're doing something, I don't know, playing this concert, and they had screens out, they didn't have just screens by the side of the stage, they had screens out, and you could see, I don't know how it was projected, but you could see you, you could see what was on the screens, you know, that, that were further out. I'm sitting up there and I'm playing, and I see this head, the back of a head, and there's a big ball patch, right, on the back of the head. And I thought, <laughs> I wonder who that is. Yeah, <laughs> they got somebody there, didn't they? And I moved my head, and then I saw the head move, and I thought, <laughs> and it was, and I turned around, and there was a guy with the camera, like oh, behind no. me, like, can't you find somewhere else? <laughs> Can you find somewhere else to go? There are a lot of angles. Yeah. How distracting. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so, the, so it looked like the, you know, the, the fryer tuck, mad monk oh. sort of bald. I, mean, I didn't really notice it because you can't see the back yeah. of your own head. This is when, I've heard that so, from so, a lot of guys. Yeah. They don't notice for a long time. No, you yeah. don't know. You don't know. You need a nice that, little but... yarmulke to put on and, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, You'd have to so convert, then, but... Well, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it could be a bit difficult yeah. since I'm uncircumcised. <laughs> you heard it here first. We heard it here first. So, so, so I, so I, I took my son, and uh, and I had his head shaved so that, so I could see what it would look like, and it looked pretty good. So I said, okay, you could do mine too. So they, so, so they did they did mine, and then we went home. And uh, and we knocked the door. The door. Um, um, my then wife came and she opened the door and she took one look at us both standing there, bored, burst into tears. Oh, no! <laughs> what oh, have you no. done? And then we got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh! Now, how long were you married? And how many kids do you have? I've heard you talk about your family. Well, you know, I you know in. in I, I was married uh, every time I was married for like four times, you know, and, um, and uh, every time once was like a year and every time after that was around three years. And I think one might have gone to almost four years. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and I had, uh, had two children uh, with, with, my, with my third wife. And and then there was a the, then it came to light in, in nine years after that that there was a child that was in between those two children. Oh. <laughs> it was a, from a, a dalliance. Let's just say dalliance. Yes. And uh, a, and then uh, and that came with the lawsuit, of course. And then and then uh, I I continued to keep digging and just. Uh, yeah, you know, it was funny because I, I, I can say this. I'm talking to two women here who, who probably have an opinion about 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 that kind of behaviour. But my my concept at the time was was that I didn't get them pregnant; they got pregnant. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was something that was the sort of pattern that I had to change. Yeah. You know, because um, it was you know, is I guess it's kind of what you grow up with. You know, I grew up in the fifties, and there was a, a lot of different thinking uh, that was in there. It was it was. Um, it was a, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's been, it's been quite interesting. But what it did stop me doing was it stopped me drinking. There you go. <laughs> I decided to, 
You have changed <laughs> I yeah, a lot of things in your yeah. life. That's good. When was that? What year did yeah. you stop? Uh, in 93, 1993. Wow. I, I've, I've been sober now for 27 years. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because it's a very, it's a, you know, you hear people, you, I mean, you hear a lot of people say that and everything, no, 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 about, you know, just stop, stop drinking. And for some of us, it's harder than others and, and we have to get help. And, and I, I, I went and got help and I continue to get help today in that. And I'm really grateful for all the, all the, all the guys that kind of helped me grow up. Sure. Yeah. Do you think uh, that a, I've heard that when you stop drinking, that's where you stop your emotional growth? And then you kind of, so if you started at 15 years old, you're kind of starting there. Do you believe that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Is it, yeah, I would say, yes, I would say that that's true. Uh, it, 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 for some people, you know, it's, it's funny because like some people, they go out and, and they, they have a, they have a, they have a drink or two and, or the, you know, it's what I don't understand is people saying, Oh, you know, I, they drink like a half a glass. Now I'm starting to feel it. I don't. Now I'm okay. I don't want any more. You know, it's like starting to feel it. That was like the beginning. For <laughs> right, me. right. Go time. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to feel more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to a week later. Yeah. And you come to. Yeah. yeah. Well, it must have been so hard. I mean, You're in the music business with all these '70s, '60s rockers, and d that's the scene. That's what yeah, you do. Well, well, fortunately, you know, uh, yes. I mean, it, when I first started uh, 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 playing, it was like you didn't trust anybody. You didn't party, you know. It was a, you couldn't. It, people didn't didn't hire people who, who party. Mm -hmm. And you went through the eighties with all the cocaine. You went through. You oh, <laughs> yes. and then you could yes. just drink all night. <laughs> like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was the that was the advantage to cocaine. It wasn't the cocaine that was attractive? It was that it allowed me to drink. Yeah. I mean, you know, once I started to feel a bit sleepy and a bit sloppy, a line of cocaine would just fuck you right up, and you could just keep drinking. An invincible. I mean, I'm probably doing some. So there's probably somebody out there thinking, like, "Oh, I should try." No, that. Here's <laughs> no, the good news. don't do it. <laughs> here's, here's the good news: if you do try it, you're going to come crashing down a lot faster. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, so, take it from the but, wise. Uh, you know. It, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, for me, for what I found out about it, and, and, and from a lot of guys that have had the same problem, is, a, is that it, 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 you know, it's not the booze that's the problem. It's, 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 it's my thinking, you know, and and you know, the, the thinking in it, that sort of runs through a lot of different, a lot of different things. It, you know, change doesn't just come with like a switch and a switch. It takes it takes time. It takes time to get used to. It. I mean, uh, I remember when all of a sudden people guys started to show up and say like you know my husband and that that was like not not that i thought one way or another about it but it would just seemed odd to me for for a guy to say my oh, husband or for a woman to say a woman to say my right, wife right. i see you know it, it it just seemed odd to me and 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 i have a friend who's who's gay and got married and then he would say and he and i and i told him that you know, it, it, it seems weird for me to hear that when I, when I, when I first, you know, when I hear it, you know, so he just kept saying it until I got used exactly. to it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, 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 that wasn't going to change, but I had to get used to it. But it, it, it sometimes, sometimes, it, it, you know, I mean, I didn't have any thoughts that he shouldn't get married or I didn't have any thoughts like that, but it just was, it was odd to hear that, that yeah. to hear that it wasn't something that you'd, I'd heard in all my life. It was something that a man turned around and said, my husband. Sure. It was like, uh, you mean your wife, you know? Uh
it, it was it was it was all strange <laughs> to me so things take a little bit a little bit of time to get used to so you're so, relating uh, that I, I to drink it, it, to being sober and having to get used to a whole different yeah mindset. yeah it's, it's get, having to get used to it and having to get used to it. sometimes you can't trust your thinking and sometimes uh, you know you need to talk to somebody before you take an action as uh, things get better as you get as you as the longer you stay sober yeah. and you might go and then you could start cleaning up some messes make better decisions. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean that's that's part of it. Is you know go back and clean up the old the old stuff and uh, and, uh, and and you know I mean it, it 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 takes time. Like I say, it takes time for other people too. You know, people have been patient with me. I have to be patient with other people. My children, you know, um, one of my children, my youngest son, Alex, and uh, at one point he really had a problem with me, and and uh, and, uh, and 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 I had to understand why he had a problem with me. But uh, I mean. There was some there was some stuff that went on between us that was that was uh, that was you know it was it was difficult you know he he, he felt that, that sort of like abandoned and left out about stuff and, and 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 so and there was a point when I would send him like Christmas cards and birthday cards and they would come back to me with his hand his handwriting not at this address and I had to be patient and, and wait you know and uh, and and when he did reach out not mention it. That was the hard thing to sort of not say. Well, you know, you did this. To me. You know, I, the, yeah. I had to just let it go, and uh, and uh, now every time we have a conversation, we finish it with "I love you, son," and "I love you, dad." That's great. You know, so Good for you. That's a that's the um, that's the um, that's the uh, uh, you know that's 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 what that's the desired effect that I think that we both wanted. Yeah, you know? that's great. And we don't you don't get that by holding on to a resentment. Or, or uh, uh, not, not trying to understand the other person's point of view, and giving it time. You know, I, I, uh, you know being, being, being that being said, you know this country could probably use some of that. <laughs> yes. uh, I think we all could use a little bit of understanding about. I mean, yeah, it's funny. There was a time when I didn't even you know, me and my friends. We never even discussed politics. Never came into it. Anything. You know, it was, it, we just. I mean, we just everybody went and voted and did what they voted, whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to vote. But now we all seem to seem to be full of self self importance with that stuff. It's like we gotta, you know, it'd be, uh, uh, you know, the the way that this, um, for me, the the way that this, uh, the, the 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 positive effect of this virus is, it's going to force people to cooperate with each other, and 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 uh, I don't think it's going to go away until we do. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I really don't think until we start thinking of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was. Um, a friend of mine was saying the other day, well, you know, it's so different in different parts of the country. California's got it bad, and then you know, somewhere in you know, Idaho or somewhere it's not so bad and everything. Else. Until we realize that we all have it, no matter where where it is, and we all do something about it. Uh, you know, World War, World War II went on for five years, and, and, and in England, you, when they said turn the lights off at night, it was everybody turned the lights off, even if you lived in the country. You know, you couldn't leave your light and say, well, they're going to go bomb the city. They're not going to bomb me out here in the middle of the country. You have to turn the lights off. So we have to we have to cooperate with each other and, and help each other when we come to yeah. this. And it's interesting in such a time that we're so polarized. Yeah, politically, along with coronavirus, and how we're so right. Yeah. Now, when were you because, born in England? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to keep... go ahead? I was born 1950. You were 50. Okay, so the war had. I'm 70 years old. I'm going to be 71. Jeez. I don't look. <laughs> you look, you look great. great. You're a very handsome man. Yeah, you were you were born. My my Peloton. That, oh, good. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I, love it. I know these are the. You things. are very handsome, Stephen. You have gorgeous teeth. 
<laughs> do you do? What about you with? You always have. I look back at some older photos of you, and you just yeah, you didn't do anything to him, huh? Yeah, I have a fantastic dentist. His name is Robert Weber. He lives right up, right nice. up the street. Okay. I might use him. He's such a fantastic dentist. Yeah. He gives me he gives me shirts. I walk in there and he'll have these new set of shirts, you know, these new set of scrubs that he wears. And I say, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice shirt. I'd like a shirt like that. And he's like, oh, hold on a second. And he runs in his office. And he gives I me love shirt. it. Oh, nice. I have a little collection of dentists. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll wear it up to the office and walk in there and say, is there anybody that I can drill? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you are the poster child for a good dental patient. I'm sure they love yeah, that you're wearing you. it. That's great. <laughs> so tell What's me. Your shirt right? Okay, Joe, go Oh, no, no. I ask this question. I just love all these uh, older stories of coming up in, in England and music and stuff. But we can talk mm. about current day, too. I'm just, I love, no, I love no, hearing no. about yeah, all yeah. of the legends that you've played with and then you yourself and how you got into the into the scene. We kind of introed you. We talked about it a little bit. But um the 50s in England. I mean, what was yeah, that what was, was going on? Yeah, <laughs> what was happening? Yeah, that was boom music. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it, in retrospect, I can see the strangeness of everything that happened in, in my life. Was was that that was the you know I was the only black kid for miles and miles around. My my father was a, an African dancer that passed through town and met my mum, and, and they had a dalliance, and it, and it resulted in me. Which you know, back in 1950, was a huge, massive scandal. Nowadays, who's cares? No, nobody thinks about that. But in 1950, it was bad enough if you if you if you, if you were pregnant, not uh, you got pregnant and weren't married. You know, it, it, let alone be pregnant and, and uh, with a black man and, and, and not be married. That was a that was a whole different thing. So did they stay together, so a, or did he travel through? No. Okay. No, my my my, 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 my actually came back to see me when I was nine years old. And, uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, and that was the only time that I met him. I mean, I've been looking for him ever since, but uh, probably a bit too late mm. right now. And every time I go to find, try to find him, something comes up, you know, because he was from he was from Sierra Leone, and I, and I actually got a lead on on somebody that knew him and had travelled with him. And uh, and uh, and I had my bags packed, ready to go to Sierra Leone to see if I could meet. There was any, you know, or if he, any brothers or sisters, or find out where he was buried or whatever, you know. And uh, and. Uh, and uh, and uh, the civil war broke out, and they pulled out all the. It was it was some United Nations organization that was looking for them, and um, and uh, 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 and they pulled all the United Nations people out. Sierra Leone, when the civil war started, it was a, an extensive civil war. And then the next time I went to go back there, Ebola broke out. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> you were not meant to find oh. him. <laughs> no, and you know that, that's the other thing. It's funny. It's like you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, oh my god, you know. There's you know the civil war and the people are getting their arms cut off. They you know they were cutting off people's arms. Like, it was from, awful. Yeah. yeah, they cut off both hands with a machete and everything. I'm like, what's happening to my family? Then I started to think, well, wait a minute, what is my family that's doing it? What if <laughs> your true. family's on the bad side? <laughs> you never know. It's true. <laughs> you never know. I know you dig too deep. I I did a lot of family genealogy and thought you know all this neat stuff about the civil war and I look back and go, uh oh, we were on the wrong side of history. We were fighting for the south which is very yeah. embarrassing as a very liberal Californian. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So did you come up against any racial stuff in, in England in the 50s, or were people pretty accepting? Yeah, no, well, you know, well, my, in general, 
you know, racism is something that's learned. So uh, you know, it never came up with my friends, you know. Right. But I, I remember the first time, the first time that it happened, I was a, uh, I was a, uh, uh, well, probably maybe you know seven or eight years old, playing out, playing out in the, um, you know, there was an alleyway at the back of my house, and, and it was actually a driveway to, to a, a much, there was a nice, much nicer group of houses in the front of my house. My, mine was a sort of middle working class sort of people. And then there was a nice, nice area, a nice area, and there was a cottage that was kind of attached to it. It was at the, at the end of this alley, very nice little cottage. And there was like trees up there, and we, we'd play cowboys and Indians. And we'd go up and sit out and play cowboys and wars, play war. The, we had, you had an armory. I had an armory of guns, <laughs> and my friends would come over there, and we, oh, you're not taking your shots and do, you know, doing all this stuff, and playing cowboys and stuff. Yeah. And we were up there playing, and this guy, who was a uh, actually he was a Harley Street surgeon, retired, came out of his bungalow, his very nice cottage, and pulled out a sword. He had a walking stick, and he pulled it out. It was a sword stick, and he said, "Get out of here, you rotten kids! Get out of making all that noise! Get away from me!" And he looked at me, and he said, "And you, you black bastard, get out of here!" And I, I didn't even know, I didn't even understand. What he was, what he was saying, I didn't know what what that was, oh, you know. But it was, uh, they talk about the power of words. We've heard a lot of talk about that lately. It hurt deeply, and I, and I and I I didn't know what he what he what he even meant by it. But it, uh, the, the the anger and the fury that came out of this guy, he he might as well just kick me in the head. You know? and so I, I I ran home. And and I and I and I told my grandmother my grandmother was there and she said you know what's the matter and I said I said the man up the street he called he called me a black bastard you know and and uh, my grandmother said right you know that thing that girls do that you know when they turn around to their husbands defend my honor she went and did, she went and did that to my grandfather he's like do you know what the guy up the street called young Stephen you know and my grandfather said right. Rolled up his sleeves. <laughs> nice. That was a that was the way they used to settle things back then. So he did. He Fist gave him cups. gave him a a little what for? <laughs> wow. They took him by took him by shirt and jacked him up by his shirt. And told him if he ever talked to me like that again, he was gonna finish the job. Oh awesome. my god! Go yeah, grandma. Was, I love this. And that girl. was it. Good. Yeah. So, but but you know, but the but the you know, my mother. My mother had a, had a lot of wisdom. Uh, she worked in a factory, but she she seemed to have. A, I don't know whether it was just because of her own experiences about people talking and saying stuff, and because you know the tongues were wagging. But uh, you know, she just sort of went to it. She she told me that the way to to to, to combat that stuff was when somebody, if anybody said anything, was to feel sorry for them, was to feel pity for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and uh, and that's kind of the way I've carried my carried myself uh, through through my life. He's like, you know, right. that's very is that wise. all you got? Is that all you got? Good, yeah, good, good for you. Do you think that <laughs> for you. connected uh, you to music because there's so many different uh, musicians that you can connect with? And I would think there's a, no. there's not as much racial tension in music at all, right? No, I mean, well, you know, I mean, the, the first band that I, I, I worked with, I was I was 12 and I was working with these kids that were like 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, like kids that would normally beat up on a 12-year-old. I mean, that's, that was that was kind of what, what, yeah. what happened in my town was that the older kids, I guess it would be like 
you know, when you get into high school, the, 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 the freshmen get it from the guys who are just go, go, getting ready to go to college. You know, Where they, was this? What was the name of your town again? Brighton. In, in oh, this Brighton. is Brighton. Yeah. You, uh, when I, I met you at Julianne's birthday party and you told me that starting to play drums kept you off the streets. So it sounds like they were pretty yeah. tough streets. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, we had, we had, we had, you know, the, the mods and the rockers, what they called the mods and the rockers in the sixties, which was two rival factions, which used to battle on my beach on, on Brighton beach. And, and uh, the rockers used to, used to listen to, 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 to rock and roll, uh, like, old style rock and roll, skiffle music and stuff like that. And the mods used to listen to Motown and the Who, you know. And uh, and um, and and uh, the, the the rockers would ride motorcycles and, and wear leather jackets, like Hell's Angels kind of guys. And the mods would wear long Drake, Drake jackets and Levi jeans and white t-shirts and, and suspenders and braces. And were and, they the Vespa and ride, drivers? And ride scooters. Yeah, yeah they yeah, ride scooters. scooters. Lambretta, Lambretta and Vespas. So there was a two, two, two different kinds. Of so what side were you on? Well, I started off by going down to the beach. I thought, well, you know, the rockers are like mean with the motorcycles and everything. I think I'll, I just put on a leather jacket and sit down there, down to the beach. And uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and I should be okay with the rockers. And I got down there and there was like a million mods. So I went home and I got changed. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're going to two jackets, just like take it off. <laughs> went home, got changed, put on my Levi's and, and yeah. my desert boots and went down to, went down to the boots and, and became a mod. But I used to play, you know, the Who used to come down and play at this club, this little club in the, in the aquarium uh, called the Flamingo, which is also known as Uncle Bonnie's Chinese Jazz Club. And, uh, and, uh, we used to play. Uh, we, used to, we used to open for the Who down there, oh and, uh, and uh, but it was the blues man. So that, that I had, you know, they they we called ourselves the Flames, and then we changed our names to the Web, uh, W E B. We should have kept that, you know, should have yeah. paint them. The interweb, and, yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, 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 so the, these uh, these blues uh, blues uh, uh, tours used to come through from the United States. Uh, and it was all the Chicago, all the Chicago guys, uh, um, um, uh, Muddy Waters, uh, Sonny yeah. Terry, Brownie McGee, uh, uh, Bill Doggett, uh, 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 John Lee Hooker. All these guys used to come through, and they'd have they just do like a show. They come out and play like three songs each, and uh, this band used to take me to see to see that. I mean, uh, uh, I remember going to see it and loving the music. But I wish I'd have paid more attention to it. You know? Sure. <laughs> you know, I just heard something interesting about that Chicago time and a lot of people pulled their they were talking about drums being pulled from the sound of the railways mm. from going from Chicago north. Yeah. And that's how it originally set up a rhythm. Probably. Yeah. 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 Which is the shuffle. So, the shuffle. Yeah. Pretty shuffle. Right. Pretty yeah. pretty. <laughs> Did you get in? Well, he's, into, he's in a, Of course. Oh, he was, yeah. he was, it was the first time I'd ever heard. Uh, Purdy was the first drummer that I ever played. Heard play so syncopated. It was a. It was a. Usually it was like the beat was a boom, that goo that goo goo, that sure. uh, Rolling Stones was the same thing. What do you call that? Four on the floor? What is that? No, it's just, just yeah. like it's just a. It's just sort of. It's just. It's just sort of a straight beat. You know, it's a really mm -hmm. sort of straight beat. But 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 Purdy had this way of breaking it up. You know, uh, uh, 
and it was like, whoa, what is that? You know, it was a it was a song called "What Is Soul" by uh, by by uh, Benny King. It was the first first time I heard anybody play like that. It was like, uh, that's a whole that's a that's a different way of going about it. You know? And uh, I wanted to it's learn that. Uh, Purdy's Purdy's a, a great friend and uh, an enormous oh. influence. An amazing person. Amazing wow. guy. Yeah. Oh my god! And that syncopation. There was a like one of the top hundred drummers was the guy Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover, and they oh, they were Steve calling Gatt. him the king of Steve yeah. Gatt, yeah yeah Steve Gett. So yeah. they're calling him the king of syncopation, but really, Purdy was before it would be him. Purdy. Purdy was before yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of these rockers pulled from the old blues guys and the old Chicago guys, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, if you Led listen, Zeppelin. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> that was, hey. Like ripped it. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I, I was I was listening I was listening the other day to that uh, that song uh, um, "Nobody's Fault But Mine," uh, the, the Zeppelin version of it, and it's, it's, uh, I was listening to two. I was listening to their original recording. And then the, the live recording that they did with Jason Bonham when they did their last concert in, in London. I was at that concert. And it, that, it's just uh, the quality of the sound between those two, those two things, the guitar sound especially, is, 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 is really amazing. I mean, but no. both, both great performances were different, you know. And, so and, cool. then, and then, then, then I realized that it was written by some, some old blues guy. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, I heard that they listened to that. <laughs> and that was a that was a whole different thing. But they did a great job of, of it. basically it was an arrangement. They didn't write it. it they didn't do a good job at giving credit though. That was their oh, problem. No. <laughs> I, I think that I, was more their managers. Uh, their managers. Really. Yeah, now, know. okay. So I heard something interesting about John Bonham, who's like, you know, top drummer in the world, John Bonham. But he was saying that, or people who analyzed him said that he would go off of Jimmy Page's guitar. He would follow the guitarist as the lead where a lot of drummers follow bassist or they, they sync up with bassist. Nobody follows. No, do drummers don't follow anybody. Really? Drummers, drummers listen to everybody. The good drummers listen to everybody. Jason Bonham was an excellent listener. If you listen to the way, if you hear the way that he plays, he doesn't get in the way of everything. He, he, he plays very wide. He leaves everybody else a lot of space to play. Uh, That's what I've heard... So in a lot of your interviews, Joelle and I listened to a lot and read a lot of on you, and it seems like you follow that same philosophy. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think drummers drummers that listen to drums aren't listening to the song, and 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 drummers that play for the song are, are usually the better drums. You know, I mean Ringo Starr, Charlie Watts, yeah, uh, 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 and. Somebody like Purdy is a slightly different way of doing it, more syncopated way of doing it. But but uh, 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 you know, great players, Gad, Steve Gad, same thing. You know, Steve Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Keltner. I mean, there's there's lots of lots of really great guys, great players. Now, did you ever get intimidated by people, or were you just there to learn and absorb and be a peer? Oh, that's just there to play the drums. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Was it intimidating uh, following in the footsteps of other drummers that had left bands or? No. No, never. Good. No. Yeah. Because it, it, look, it's funny. I had a friend of mine who's a, a, a teacher in, in he's a principal in a school in, 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 in New York and he called me up and he had to do a, a presentation. He's trying to bring mindfulness into the into the school city uh, system, and he had to go and speak in front of a lot of people. 
and uh, and uh, and he was uh, he was very nervous about doing it. And he called me up because he knows that I'm used to being in front of a lot of people. So I said to him, I said, "Well, you know, you know your stuff, right?" And he said, "Well, yeah." I said, "Well, I said if anybody if anybody in that audience knew more than you do, you they'd be on the stage talking and you'd be out there listening to them." Right. So just go do your thing. <laughs> That's great. It's and very... then he called me back. He called me back afterwards. He said, "Went great. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be getting a, you'll be doing a TED talk before you know it." Yeah. <laughs> so great. that that beats out the idea of imagining everybody in their underwear, which uh, doesn't seem to work. Right. I've yeah. Tried that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to have, you don't want to sit there, see me sitting in the audience, and imagine me in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We've been doing that before you got on. We were talking. No. Yeah. I say. I think. I think that. I think. There's a degree of hum- humility that needs to be had, but 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 hey, okay. There's kind of two things that hit to be. First, you have to have a big ego to just say, "I'm going to go out here in front of all these people, man, and just do my thing." And uh, I remember when I was at school, I used to get nervous about it. And then after I did it, like a show or two, it was like, "Why am I nervous?" You know, if they if they could play, I uh, they'd be up here, and I'd be watching them. You know? And and it, and it, you know it's not really you're not really in a competition. You're just expressing your art. You know, so it's it's not it's not there's no one thing that's better than another. How do you do? Has any? Because I hear about you know I was dating a musician. We were together for ten years. It was more than dating. We we're and he was in Oingo you're not, Boingo. You're not the first girl. You're not the first girl I heard say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, what did he play? He played guitar. Oh shit! I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's, you're what's wrong with guitarists? What's the stereotype? Do you know what? Do you know what guitarists use for birth control? What? Oh, God. Their personalities. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Okay. Here's what I heard about. This is the. Tell me if the drummer thing. Okay. What do you call? Um, what do you call a drummer without a girlfriend? Homeless. Yeah. <laughs> is that true? No. Okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, so, okay, so, so, do you know what you? Okay, they always say, you know, what do you call, what do you call a guy that, that runs around with musicians? It's a drummer, right? Do you know why musicians keep drummers around? Because they have to have somebody who can remember what to play after they count it up to four. Oh. <laughs> It's true. You really are. And if you, and if you don't get that, it, the drummer usually counts off the band. Goes one, two, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Boom! You start playing, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guitarist to go like one, two, one, two, three, four. No, no, hold on a minute. <laughs> what key? What key was that? What, what are we doing? Well, Warren that- Warren was a special dude with his uh, ability to compose and things like that. So I think he yeah. had a little level above on other guitarists, maybe. Yeah, he's a what solid were you going to say though? What with what? With you living with him and you started off on a path Oh, with- no, I don't want to go down that road. He's a great oh, guy. Oh, Wonderful oh. person. No, I was just, uh, I was going to say that it must be hard. Just the amount of time he was gone. I mean, I could see why there are so many divorces and so many. It's just hard when your person is home for, I remember one time, I think he was home for only two months out of the year. And it really was a strain on the relationship. You just go, am I yeah, with someone? Am rough. I not? Am I, you know? That is rough. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that that's part of the experience, uh, I mean, right? You know, Steve? but it's, I think the other side to think about it is, I mean, I was, um, I, um, 
I was uh, when I started playing with Duran Duran. I had a year with them and Eric Clapton, and I spent I spent a total of three weeks at my house, and, and I missed my house as much as they missed me. You know? And you were I remember this because you were holding a seat at SNL. They were holding a space yeah. for you. You were playing with the band there yeah. at the same time. How? Yeah. But you finally yeah. gave it up to go with Duran Duran. Is that what happened? No, I, 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 I got, I got, I got. I mean, that was a really, really, really busy year, and it was probably my biggest year I ever had as far as financially. But, uh, but um, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was really rough, and 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 I, I kind of had to make a decision on, on what I was gonna, what I was gonna do to to, to get some time at home, and 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 I, and I decided to play with Eric Clapton. Wow. That, that was make that focus of my world. That's a smart choice. We have a sponsor for our episode. It is Dream Dinners. Weens, we love Dream Dinners. Woo-hoo! They benefit us and our lifestyle through less shopping. There is healthy home cooked meals, most times in less than 30 minutes, and everything is already prepped. You don't have to do any of the chopping, any of the washing, all that. It's already done for you. You put them in your freezer, you thaw them out as needed, and you can even choose recipes that are modified according to your family's likes, dislikes, and allergies. Super easy for people who don't know how to cook, and for those who do but want a break from prep and planning like I do. It's a great cost savings. You save an average of $200 a month off your grocery budget. The average cost is only $650 per person. Imagine going out to dinner. It's like eating off the child's menu. It's super cheap and easy, and it's great, good quality food. You save at least 20 hours a month from shopping and prepping, if you think about it. And you only come to pick up, or you have it home delivered only once a month. And they're not a subscription service, so you can use it as frequently or as infrequently as you want. Joe, what's your favorite meal? Oh, there's so many. We had shrimp po'boys last night. Those are really good. We have had the lemon chicken piccata chicken marsala there's always sides that the kids love they have these great salt and pepper fries we make in the oven real quick they have garlic mashed potatoes all the meals are really good and really interesting things too we made empanadas we do little chicken pot pies sometimes all these cool things you can put together instructions are really easy kids can do it hubbies can do it anyone can do it it makes life so much easier and i feel like a star when i'm done it's it's the best it's so good so everyone should go to dreamdinners.com Put in Mouse and Weens 20 if you're within 25 miles of the San Marcos or Poway location and you will get 20% off and free delivery while we are in the purple tier. So check it out, dreamdinners.com. Woohoo! Do you have any one favorite artist that you played with, one favorite band? I mean, it's hard to... And then I have to ask about Duran Duran because, of course, I was in love with John Taylor like every other girl in the universe, (laughs) right? Oh, you were one of those girls? I was. I was, I was a kid. I told a story the other day about about playing a concert. Oh, and 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 and, and uh, I'm going to use some very bad language because it wasn't me that used it in the first place. Okay, we we can cut I here. Out, I looked out in the, in the audience, and there was a girl in the audience, and she had an enormous piece of cardboard right, and she was holding it up, and it said in big letters, "Fuck me, John." <laughs> Way to be and subtle. I, and, I, and I looked at that, and I thought. How did she get that out of the house? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> can you, you imagine, like, 
She's yes. Oh, I mean, she, yeah, they're all young. Imagine they're, your they're, daughter. They're, bye, bye, Dad. Yeah, they, yeah, well, yeah. So, so I was thinking, you know, the old man sitting there watching the TV, and she comes down, <laughs> comes there, walks past the door with this big piece of cardboard underneath her arm. Like, bye, Dad. I'm off to the Duran Duran. I said, all right, darling, have a nice day. What's that underneath your arm? What's that under your arm? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she imagine? made it in the parking lot. Yeah. Oh, oh my no. Gosh. That's well, awful. you weren't that bad, Weens. You just, like, what? You, no, like, I, was cr- I was crushy. And, I was yeah. young. But I would imagine being with Duran Duran, and then, I'm sorry, Joe, I, I usurped your question, but um, being with Duran Duran must have been, uh, were they at the height of the party scene then? They were. No, uh, they, I mean, I think it had calmed down a little bit for them then. They, they sort of decided, they, they'd matured a little bit by yeah. then. I mean, I mean, I guess, the, the, you know, when they, when they first... You know, sort of came out of college. You know, you know, you know they graduated college. They were in art college and stuff. And art college kids in Birmingham who put together a band and suddenly became the biggest band in the, in the world. I mean, basically straight out of straight out of uh, high school. Yeah, you know, this is the hungry like a wolf school. days, and yeah. Yeah, and and then they just became the biggest band in the world, and it's girls screaming just as much as they did for the Beatles sure. after them. You know, so uh, I guess it was uh, it was kind of crazy for them them too at one point but when i by the time i got to them i mean i was like 35 and i guess like they were like you know, late 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 mid to late 20s mm-hmm. when i started playing so you guys have playing. all calmed down a little by then you've all been out well i think i think yeah i think that they could you know i think that because you know when you hear people talking i mean i hear people talking about you know the rock and roll lifestyle well the rock and roll lifestyle is the first thing you have to do is make music yeah you know and and uh, so you know, it's after that that what that what is perceived as the rock and roll rock and roll lifestyle happens, and and you know, uh, uh, you know, there's some people that you know one hit wonders that come along and just bullshit their way through one song or something, and that's about it. But but Duran Duran is a is a is a is a valid uh, a valid a valid trademark. They're great valid, valid, songwriters, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're they good songwriters. Uh, they're not just lucky. I mean, it's it's it's, it's uh, they've written a lot of really good songs, yeah. and 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 the performances of those songs on record and live are very good too. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it, they they've taken their brand and, and 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 gone from just being like some teeny bopper sort of, uh, you know, maybe one album, yeah. maybe a couple of songs off of one album. That, that everybody loves into into being something that's uh, that's meaningful. So I you, mean, you've worked with these uh, guys that have longevity, though. The majority of the people you work with. Yeah, I mean, I, I had I hadn't worked with Duran Duran for for years when I when I started to work with George Harrison, and my first day in London uh, working with George Harrison, I was I, I rented a car because we were going to rehearse out in Bray uh, out, out in. Uh, uh, Windsor, uh, which is out of town, out of London, past London Airport, and I was staying in London, of course, and uh, and um, and um, I was taking a drive. I got there and took a drive down the King's Road, and as I'm driving down the King's Road, I see this guy walking on the street, and I look at this guy and I say, "Wow, that it kind of looks like Warren Cucurello, except he was sort of." This, this is like a muscle bound guy, like a like a bodybuilder sort of physique. And when I when I seen Warren like about maybe two or three years before, he was a skinny skinny guitarist guy, right? And and uh, and uh, and and then he turned around and, and it was Warren. <laughs> He'd just been 
body he'd taken up bodybuilding and he'd become just just a little muscle bound guy well hey Warren and I'm in the car I've got the window down you know hey Warren how you doing oh he says you're in town I said yeah it's great he said I got a song I want you to play on I said okay okay and he took it took a cassette out of his bag and he threw it in through my car window and he said can you can, I said I said well I don't know when I can do it I'm just here I've got a rehearsal George Howard don't he said when you can just let me know when you can do it we we, we do it and and so I, I kept driving and put in this cassette, and it was the it was a demo. Of, well, it was the track uh, that they done of a, of ordinary world. Oh wow, Duran Duran, yeah, yeah, and that that was a massive hit for them. Huge, it was a massive hit song. And actually, when I got back to when I got back to my hotel, I called up Warren and I said, "You don't need me to play on this song. This is a, you could release this. This is a hit song." <laughs> And he said, oh, no, we want you to play on it. And so I figured out that, you know, George George worked very much like Tom Petty. It's like you start you start around 11 o'clock in the morning, you're done by 5 or 6 oh, o'clock nice at night. man. You know, Max, yeah, I mean, don't, don't want to rehearse things too much. And, and you yeah, yeah, had great players, so things got played really well anyways, you know. It was just like a couple of minor adjustments you didn't have to go over and over and over. So. And so I, I, you know, uh, I went and did an evening session. I finished work and I, and I went over to, to Warren's to the studio where they were recording and uh, and uh, and, uh, and sat down and played with Duran Duran. This is a good it, life. Uh, you're recording with one of the Beatles and then you're walking over and doing a major hit song nice. <laughs> with Duran Duran. I mean, that's yeah. and if pretty you amazing. driven along that day, you may not have been on that song, right? That True. Yeah. Right place, right, right time. That's yeah. amazing. So, how was it? Because Beatles was one of your huge. You were a big fan growing up, and then Absolutely. suddenly you're working with George Harrison. Was that mind blowing, or at that point was it like? It was. You know what was really a lot of fun with that was that we were at rehearsal one day, and and um, there was myself and Ray Cooper. Ray Cooper played percussion, and he had a drum kit. There's some songs that you sit down and thrash away, thrash away the drums, and we were at rehearsal and. And, uh, uh, and and I looked out and I see Ringo walking and standing in the middle of the rehearsal. There's nobody else in it's just Ringo standing there. And as we're playing, I see Ringo and I catch his eye and I go, yeah. So he came up on the stage and he got behind Ray's, uh, Ray's uh, uh, drum kit. And it's, it's strange because it's kind of like the heartbreakers. You put any two of us together and there's, there's a, this thing, this magic that sort of happens. And I got to sit there and play, and George and Ringo started to play together, and it's kind of like I could feel it. I could feel the beats. You know? mm. It's a, it's a, it's a really special thing that happens when when musicians have played and done so much music together. That's magic. Play together. There's, yeah. there's a connection. There's a connection in, in bands like that that happens. When was the last time you were together with all of the Heartbreakers? And and I know all of them. Yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them was a, was a, in 2017. The, the I've been been with each and every one of them separately. And mm-hmm. uh, once I was with Mike and Mike and Ben, we did we did a when and played at a a benefit. We I think we played with Stephen Stills and mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, we went and did something. But that was the last time that the, that the whole band was together playing. Uh, uh, um, yeah, no, because uh, Ron's run, run at the birthday party, and not everybody was at that either. So. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I I went to a Tom Petty fan group and collected some questions from them. So that was one from um, 
sorry, Hen- Henry Hank Martin Jr. He wondered what the band members are into these days. And what are you into these days? They were curious about Well, that. yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody's, you know, Mike, Mike is, uh, is in, in these dirty knobs and been working with these dirty knobs. And I, and I think he's, he's been doing some songwriting with Chris Stapleton. Uh, ben Mont has been doing sessions here and there. I'm not really sure who with, but I know he's been working working here and there sessions and, and, and working on a, another Ben Mont Tench album. Uh, Ron Blair is, has been working on on uh, on, uh, on, uh, on writing some songs and and uh, producing some side producers a couple of tracks with Hattie Webb with the Webb sisters so who were out with us and uh, Hattie did a, a, some recording and um, and uh, he's been uh, you know he's, he's been singing quite a bit himself right? so he's I think he's working on maybe releasing an album some at some point. Nice. And uh, uh, Scott is the only guy I know. He's he's, he's been into been into like doing more construction stuff at his house, and he has a rental property that he takes care of, and and he's been more into doing that than playing music. I, I, I don't really. I think he really misses. He really missed Tom yeah. so much. I don't know if he really was, uh, really wanted to do NDAs. So, yeah. He's affected everybody a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, what they've done, and, and me, I'm sort of back doing. I have my studio here at my house. I work, I work out of that. Uh, people still call me up and ask me to go and do sessions, and uh, and um, and I do my radio show. And uh, and uh, this, this year has been mainly radio show and, and stuff in studio stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I did one one drum clinic uh, uh, that went out on, on, a, on a website. Uh, a week or so ago, everybody got tested and social distancing. Wow, cool! And, and uh, I went down to San, 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 San Diego and did that, and that was a lot. Uh, it made me realize just how much I miss playing. Yeah. Uh, with my friends, you know, and uh, and um, I think next Saturday I'm going to do a podcast uh, uh, with uh, David Garfield. Same thing at his house, social distancing. Nice. Everybody did it. So. So you know, we, uh, I I really look forward to that to the to the playing playing with the with other people. That's really fun. You gotta miss it. I listened to your uh, last show on Sirius XM, and you played a song that you covered of Tom Petty's with your Steve Ferroni and friends, and That's right. and mentioned grief and and how yeah. it affects people differently and yeah. that it really affected yeah. you with that. It was a it beautiful was song. Oh, 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 sorry. That was a, 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 a angel, a angel dream. Yeah, angel dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, is that we we um, we sat down and uh, um, uh, uh, it, it was. Uh, they asked me to because what the way that 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 band was is that I send them songs, they rehearse it. I show up and we do a re- we do one rehearsal and then we go we go and play and and. They send me. They send me like t- like a recording of, of what they did at rehearsal, and I can make minor adjustments and uh, just like you know, from that guy take a solo and set it, you know, make it a guitar solo. Because they're all still over so, in England, so they're in France. France. They're, oh, okay. they're, they're in France, yeah. And and uh, and it's kind of interesting because the, the singer has a, a French accent, so every once in a while it's, it's a French. Yeah. <laughs> nice. we, we, did, we did we did we did a rec- on the same record. There's a there's a cover of uh, Joe. Uh, uh, this song, uh, uh, Tom Petty song that I recorded, and uh, and he just didn't understand. You know, it's that it's, it's just, it was the song about my name's Joe, I'm the CEO, I'm the man who makes the big wheels, big wheels, big wheels turn, or something like that. Um, uh, 
uh, uh, uh, my lyrics going on. Oh, bring me a girl, they're always the best. You put them on stage and you have them undress. Some angel whore who can learn a guitar lick. Hey, now that's what I call music. And it's and it's from the put it's a perspective of a of a record executive who's a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> wow. Exploiting that and that probably that's didn't translate. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. and 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 with the French the the, you know, French and their words, it, it just didn't compute. So he was, and I had to say, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, this is it. You're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you have a word for that. Why you call me? Yeah. <laughs> now you oh speak French and Italian, right? You're French and Italian. Yeah, because yeah. you've lived in both places, and yeah, I love That's that. awesome, Steve. <laughs> You're the one person in the U.S. that speaks a few languages. Jeez. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. So oh, wait, can you, I yeah. ask, wait, before, do you mind if I yeah, throw yeah. in another Tom Petty question? We've, there's so many super I fans. I, I had no idea yeah. how, I mean. Then they're all wonderful. We love you all still. We miss you. Yes, Aww. they yeah, are. So this is from Pam, who is Tom Adams' friend. And she said, what is it like living on the road with the Heartbreakers? Pretty boring. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, it, it, you know, we, we, we we used to travel very well. Tom kept us very, very rested. Um, we, we never, we never, we never overstretched so that we ever got fatigued, so that we couldn't play. And um, and uh, we would uh, we would travel in a private jet. We had a G four that we used to travel in, oh, nice. and we would stay we would stay in uh, uh, Ritz Carlton's and, uh, and Four Seasons hotels and nice hotels. Sometimes with a golf course somewhere and. And, and swimming pools, health clubs, and, and everything that we could uh, we could possibly uh, we could possibly need as far as that. And uh, and uh, and I get up in the morning, go do my go and do my thing, and uh, and do, you know go see my friends. And we'd stay in we'd stay in a place like Chicago or New York uh, or um, uh, uh, Austin or something like that. And I, I, we had, we always had friends. I have, I have my friends everywhere, and I go and see my friends. And sometimes I go and have breakfast with uh, Scott or Ron or something. Like Mike, Mike and Ben used to really just sort of stay, stay in. And once I go out, once in a while I go out with Ben and have something, yeah. go and have lunch or something. So these guys and, were like uh, your family at this point. Would you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, you don't. We, 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 but with 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 that with that that those people would really gel was on stage. It was like our whole days individually how we used to go about it would be to to to, to, to get together on stage and and, and, and play that music mm. so it, it was always fresh it was always fresh for us we never got tired of playing those songs we never got boring and um, and um, why is that is it because would you say tom petty is one of the greatest songwriters of all time what is it if you had the if you had the if you had the if you had the 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 the, the, the uh, um uh, uh, how, can I, how can I put it? If you, if, if you had the ammo that he had, as far as songs, you know, we could we could go and do a show with the songs that he had that we didn't play and that everybody knew. You know, you could do a and, whole greatest and, hits and, album and, and, and another greatest hits album and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, 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 he and, and, and when he when he wasn't playing these hits, he was having fun playing music. That's great. He, he would play. He would play somebody else's song, and or or or, or make up something, and, and 
Wow. Yeah, it, it was it was it was never boring. It was it was always fantastic. And and the the unit and the, and that uh, that he put together, uh, the band that he put together is is you know is, uh, and and it, and it really wasn't Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It was Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. He was an integral integral part. It wasn't just that we were backing band. He was in the band. He was a guitarist in the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, although he was he was definitely the boss, definitely the front man, yeah. uh, and definitely the driving force in the band, uh, uh, but he was part of that band. Yeah. As uh, he was having fun, he was having as much fun in here with us as he was being. He wasn't just like I'm walking out. I'm Tom Petty. And this is to yeah. that is sure. right there. It doesn't really matter. Right. He was in in, in the band. So. It was a, he, he was a, an incredible leader. I mean, he, he knew exactly what he wanted as far as a band and, and, he, and he got the loyalty and love of, mm-hmm. of everybody around him, not just the band. It went all the way down through the crew, truck drivers, bus drivers, um, you know, people would drop anything and come, come and work. It's rare that you hear that about a musician, that kind of respect. Absolutely. And what, Absolutely. what was that about him? It was just an intrinsic part of who he was just how he was just who he was just who he was when people when fans often say to me you know fans often say to me you know you were close to Tom for years what was he like and I said I usually say to them he was everything that you thought he was he was that kind of a person he was he was everything that you thought he was he was a great writer great he was very smart he had great intuition. He he he, he had, uh, he, you know, he, he loved he loved playing music. He loved playing music. He loved being in front of people. Wow. He loved his fans, yeah. and he loved his band and everybody around. Him. Well, he it sounds like he was a very smart man, and he chose like-minded people because I that's yeah. how you are. Yeah, and he did. That's why he hangs he out with you. <laughs> he yeah. didn't just you know he didn't just do stuff for money either. I mean, it was you know he made money. He made lots of money. You know. But it was, you know, he could he could have charged like a fortune for a ticket, and, you know. But he didn't want to. He, 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 he no, listen, you do okay. Yeah, we're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. he kept his ticket prices low for the fans. Like he was very thoughtful yeah, and, of the fans. And 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 he also it, it was also very expensive because we would only do uh, three weeks out on the road, and then we'd have a week to ten days off at home, paid. Wow. Everybody. So. So it was everybody, you know, this whole thing you were talking about before, being out on the road wasn't so stressful, mm-hmm. you know, because we knew we were out for three weeks, we'd have fun for three weeks and just play and do, do our stuff and not wear ourselves out either. Do, you know, don't go out on the road and just like, at the end of three weeks, be like, oh, I've got to go home. You know, yeah. We'd be rested. Mm-hmm. We'd, be rested. But we'd be actually get back home and be looking forward to going back out on the road. See, it's so you know? smart. That's a bigger picture yeah. thinking where a lot of people, mm-hmm. I work Absolutely. in, yeah, in the movies, it's the same way. They'll burn their crew out. There's very few people like Clint Eastwood, even Woody yeah. Allen. They, they do 10-hour days. They let people go home to their families. And they get a very loyal crew that way. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. he they figured drop it anything, out. Drop anything for. That's good. Okay, but, can yeah, I ask and... a Johnny Cash question? Yeah. How was that? I love Johnny Cash. Was that Johnny a, Cash. in that album? Is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. He's, he's such a gentleman. Johnny was such a gentleman. He, 
he gave me a, a at the end of the recording he gave me an album one of one of his uh, one of his uh, albums from um uh, what's that like was it a it's on american it american no no it was the early stuff the early the early oh um, sun House? no sun records sun okay on sun records okay. he gave me a sun records album and he signed it you know, thank you for thank you for playing on my record johnny johnny cassie such a gentleman lovely lovely man yeah, and and he, you got to he, work with rick rubin too i'm sorry yeah, yeah. finish yeah, your johnny rick, story well rick 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 had rick rick had uh, produced wildflowers so that then he sort of you know brought every the heartbreakers in to do the johnny cash thing but what was interesting about that was one of the songs that we that we uh, that we cut was a uh, um uh, uh, uh rusty cage oh so which good. is um it's uh, Nick Cage, right? Nick Cage. No, it's a, oh. No, it's a, it's a, oh, oh, sound, oh my God. Sound, sound garden. Sound garden. Got it. Sound garden. The mom got it. Yeah. There you go. go. Ding, you win. <laughs> it was a sound garden. Sound garden. Oh, his phone went uh, off. I'm going to have to call him Is that Money Waters? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, but now it's a, uh, a Johnny Hooker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got, I got to, I got to, I got to call him back about it. I got to do a session. Okay. Nice. I got hired. Yeah. I just got hired on your show. All right. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Make That'll money, be 15%, money. Steve. You gave me the good energy. <laughs> Look at that. Who says you can't play rock and roll at 70 years old? Screw everybody. Right? That's what I say. You're I'm amazing. Gonna, uh, play rock and roll till I die. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and you didn't die at 30. You're still here no. and you're, oh, I love it. I didn't die at 30. You know, I, might I might get to be 90 and play on something. It's, it's so great. You're a legend. There, I saw something too. Did you give your uh, average white band drum kit to Questlove? And that's what he plays on. No, I gave him. I gave him a snare drum. I didn't oh, give him the kick. Okay, okay, a snare. My, nice. My, my, he's he was a big fan of Average White Band, and, and I got inducted into the Rock Walk of Fame here in in, uh, right. in, in Los Angeles. No, here in Los Angeles. Oh, congratulations! The one at the one at the one at the guitar center. Damn. And uh, and uh, and came out to because he's always he's always been very 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 flattering. He was very gracious in in, in giving me credit. For being one of his inspirations of playing, one of the main inspirations of playing. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I thought, well, he's such a big average white, but he's always going on about average white band, and and, and I, had, I still have the kit, the original kit. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll take one of the snare drums and give him one of the snare drums. Nice. Uh, That's so cool. But uh, uh, that kit is actually being refurbished as we speak. Oh. And they're working on, they're working on it. They're, they're, they're cleaning it all up. Nice. Wow. Nice. My good nine I got a set of nineteen fifty Gretsch broadcasters that I sit outside in my studio and and it might give them a little run for their money for a little while. I might have to give them a little rest and put the uh, average white band kid up, see what he does. Wow. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can you it. finish what you were gonna say? Do you need to go right now or can you finish the Rick Rubin Johnny Cash? Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean Rick Rick just um Rick had, had an amazing um, um uh, 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 he has an amazing uh, instinct for songs for people. Mm -hmm. I, I, mean, I thought it was kind of weird. You make, you make Johnny Cash do a Soundgarden song, yeah. Um, and then it just kind of worked. Even though Johnny had terrible time start, starting the start, he had a terrible time figuring out. She wired me awake, and he would always start in the wrong wrong place. He kept starting, and we had to see it. 
But once we got going, yeah, <laughs> good, it was good. Like, uh, she wore, she wore me. Yeah. Like, wired me. <laughs> she wired me awake. Yeah, that's good. And, and then he did that. He did the uh, uh, the uh, was it Folsom Prison, Folsom Prison, Prison thing. So yeah, he, he he did that, and he, and, I, and it was the first time I caught that line about about shot a man just to watch him die. You know, and it's and so I got Johnny like right here in my cans and sit there playing. And so we finished and I just walked up to Joe and said, Johnny, you're a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> the man in black. He was. Did He He's was a, a straight up gangster. Did he like that? Was he uh, offended or he liked that? No, he liked it. He was, he was a great guy. Good. He was just a great guy. Yeah. He was a great guy. Yeah. Is there I anyone that you were super starstruck by? Out of all the people? You can continue with Johnny Cash. Sorry, I cut you off. No, um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. No, I mean, I've never. I don't know. I've I've sort of. I've worked with so many people. Yeah. uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, I can, I can remember. I can remember once uh, I was in 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 uh, in uh, New York and and uh, and I did a session. And on that session was a bass player named Anthony Jackson. He's an incredible bass player. Uh, uh, Richard T. Uh, George Benson. Um, uh, I think oh god, oh no, never. Philip Church. Philip Church was playing on it, and we did this. Uh, it was a Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan session one day, and we did that. And Arif Martin was producing in Atlantic Records, and and uh, I called up uh, Oli McIntosh from from Average White Band. I said, "I'll be finishing now, so why don't you come over and we go, we go, go and go and get go and get, go and grab some deep, we drink a pint of Guinness over at this Eamon Duran's bar. We used to go to this Irish bar, Eamon Duran's. And Oli came over to the to the session, and you know, we finished up working, and we went outside, got in my car, and drove across town to Amon's and as we were driving across town and he looked at me and he said, do you realize what you just did? And I said, what? He said, do you realize who you were playing with in there? You know, and he ran off the names of all the musicians and everything. And I actually realized that if somebody had told me like a few years before that I was gonna be, do this, play with these guys, the guys of that caliber, that caliber musician, I would have been all up in the air, you know? But it had, it, it had become kind of like the normal yeah, uh, you know that you go in, just you just do your job, and you, and and you know they're working like you are, and you just get the you get the you get the job done, and then you leave. You know, I mean, basically, we're all musicians in that in that in that, yeah. that case. So, I mean, uh, you know, from David Bowie, Michael Jackson, uh, um, you know, Mick Jagger, what they his solo album. Uh, um, you know, Shaka Khan, George Benson, yeah. uh, Tom Petty, Eric Clapton. George Harrison, uh, 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 um, um, Whitney Whitney Houston, I mean, and and, and you know, and, and all the uh, all the others, Steve so Winwood, all, all all these people. You know, some became Prince, and and, and others were just a, a fellow fellow musicians that were trying to get a song, get a song done wow. the, the way that they yeah. wanted it, and, and 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 it was it was just my job to be able to. You know, my privilege really to be able to go in and, and, and help them with that. And know? they were lucky to have you. That's no, I, yeah, and I was lucky that I mean, yeah. 
You know, it's funny because I sit around talking talking to people. People start talking around me. They start talking music quite a bit, and and and, and uh, we'll be out somewhere at dinner with some people that you know, know a little bit, you know, not, not not so well or something. And, and the talk come out about music, and then leave one person another, and then someone say, "Oh, I love that record." And I say, oh, "I played on that." And, and, what? <laughs> yeah, I played on that. And we'll oh. talk, 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 talk. So I, I, I played on that. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> this happened. We would be uh, eating huevos uh, rancheros <laughs> after your gig at Jones Coffee. We'd be yeah. eating eggs and and you'd have these stories. I was like, we gotta interview this guy. He's freaking incredible. You played with everybody. I mean, it's yeah, amazing. Prince? Yeah, you I, played with Prince. What was that? Yeah, like? I mean, yeah, well, weirdo. You know, I, I, you know, let me just finish on that that topic. You know, yeah. I, had, uh, I I went out. I, I I dated a girl once who lived in in uh, Phoenix, and she had a, she had a daughter, Holly, and Holly was a music music major in in school, and, and she's a music teacher now. But uh, but. Uh, uh, she, she, so she always kind of looked at me like the old guy, you know, dating my mom, you know. And uh, <laughs> one day she came back and uh, she came back from school and she said, you know, she said, I heard the most beautiful song today. Really? She said, yeah. She said, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, she said. She said. Uh, she said. Uh, 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 it, was, it was a song by Duran Duran. I don't. I don't know the name of it. She said, but it was such a beautiful song. I said. I said. Uh, was it Ordinary World? She, oh yes, it was Ordinary World. I said. I played on that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, respect. I played on that. <laughs> respect. Respect. She, she kind of looked at me a little differently after that. Uh, yeah. After that. Yeah. Mm. A but sometimes, I mean, sometimes it feels kind of embarrassing because, like, you said, sit there with people and have these conversations. Like, you know, I played on that. I You're played like, on that uh, too. Also, that. <laughs> By the that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go. But the thing is, it's not just sort of one. It's not like in one area. It's yeah. like all these different areas, like from jazz to rock and roll to R and B. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a uh, and it's a. Uh, it, it, sometimes I stop. But, uh, I'm sorry, but that was me too. <laughs> You can't escape it. Yeah, you can't escape the genre. A lot of people can't do that where they cross genres like that. They can only stay in the jazz world and the or the rock world. So it's a big deal. And and you know the Prince the Prince story was uh, 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 I've said it a few times, but it's pretty consistent. So you it's because it's the truth. (laughs) There was a it was a little it was a little bit awkward when Prince showed up in the in the um, at the at the uh, at the uh, 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 induction of George Harrison of the, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because he wasn't expected. You know, it was it was it was we rehearsed. Uh, uh, I kind of knew Steve Wimble was going to come in over there and just come in and play, but we rehearsed over here with Jeff Lynne and, and Tom and <clears throat> Scotty Thurston was going to play bass on on it. And, and uh, and 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 then we all went off to New York, and we arrived on we arrived on the stage, and we're sitting there just sort of running down. And and what had happened was was that the the, the Grammy people wanted Prince to come and play with us uh, 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 on that song, and they went and asked Olivia Olivia Harris, and and, and Olivia had sort of got it down that she wanted people playing that knew George, that knew and loved George. So the band was made up of people that, that knew George Harrison, loved George Harrison, 
and and um, and Prince was kind of this guy that was off outside of that, you know. And, and so there was a little bit of resistance, but they persuaded Olivia to do it. She talked to Tom about it, and Tom said, "Well, okay, why not?" You know, and 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 so I, of course I never got told anything because I'm just the, the new guy. <laughs> Still the new guy. <laughs> And I'm sitting there on the stage and I got Steve Winwood here and Jeff Young is sitting uh, playing piano. Winwood's here with his, with his, with his uh, Hammond organ. <clears throat> and, uh, and, uh, and we're sitting there and, and Winwood says to me, he says, look, this Prince. Look over the other side. What's he doing here? And he said, he's, I guess he's going to play with us. And he's over there putting, getting his amp together, plugging in his guitar and doing, doing his stuff. And it was kind of like this awkward sort of feeling, you know, that there was like us over and the prince was over there. Yeah. And I said, I said, to, I said to women, I said, yeah, I'm going to go over and say hello to him. He said, you're not. I said, yeah, I'm going to go over and say hello to him. So see what's up with that. So I get up and I walk across the stage and I say, excuse me, prince. Hi, how are you doing? Steve Ferroni, very nice to meet you. And he looked at me, he says, oh, he says, I know who you are. I said, nice. I said yes. I played on. I played on. I feel for you, Shaka Khan. <gasps> oh, so that's that's Prince. That's Prince's song, right? right? You're that's so, right. So I said, I said, I, I said, oh yeah, yeah, I feel for you. Said, yeah, yeah. That was a great song. Great song. I had fun doing that. Yeah. Big hit. Uh, nice song. Great. I said, well, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to playing with you. And he said, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to myself. I turn around, go back over to the drum kit, and I sit there. And Wim was like, what, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> I said, very nice. You should go over and say hello to him. He's a really nice person. You know. And uh, and and uh, and all of a sudden, I hear somebody playing an average white band song that one of them that I was involved in writing, and it's Schoolboy Crush. I hear this guitar riff. And I thought it was like one of the Letterman Band or something, because the Letterman Band was the house band. I thought it might be one of those guys playing or something. And I look across the stage, and Prince is looking right at me, playing Schoolboy Crush. He knew exactly who it was. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's he amazing. He knew exactly who, exactly who it was. Anyway, so we did, the, we, did that, we did the rehearsal, and at the end of the rehearsal, Tom walked up the prince and said, listen, why don't you take that solo, that last solo, and just like, you know, do your thing, do whatever you want to do. I'll, I'll, I'll cue Steve to, for the ending. And this was uh, my and guitar, said, okay. Gently Weeps. That was the song, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and uh, we went and did the performance, and 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 Prince put on a whole show just for us. I mean, <laughs> he starts, he started. Well, I mean, that guitar solo is one of the most amazing guitar solos ever. I mean, I heard it. I watched 10. that clip. Oh, it's it's just he just tore all kinds of stuff with that uh, that that guitar solo. He just went crazy. Yeah. But he, he, at one point, he walks across to the middle. Walks across to the middle of the stage, and he turns his back on the audience, and he's looking at us, and he's playing, and then he just fell off the stage, and, was, and we all went, <gasps> you know, <laughs> Prince just fell off the stage, and he had an enormous guy in the audience who caught him, who pushed him back up on. Thank <laughs> God. Back up onto the stage. It was like it's all. It was like it was all for us. It was. It, it was. That's hilarious. He put on this amazing show for us. And then he walks across the other side of the stage towards the end. While still playing this amazing solo, finishes, finishes, finishes the song, Tom cuts the song off, takes off his guitar, throws it up in the air and walks off and the guitar doesn't come down. What? Where'd it go? And we didn't even, we, we were all sitting there going, 
Yeah. Was it on a string? Did it go up on <laughs> the ceiling? Where did it go? No, he had a, he had a roadie up in the he had a roadie sitting up there in the. So in this the, was the, was in, this in planned? The this was no. planned without you guys. He he planned it. He must have planned it because he had the guy in the audience yeah. and the guy up in the thing. But it was it was it wasn't a show for them out there. It was a show for us. It's freaking great. And, the poor band is going. What is going on? This is great. And 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 and, and, and everybody was like, "What the <laughs> hell?" Was, and 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 also blown away by the guitar solo as well. Yeah. So nobody was, was feel, he wasn't trying to steal the show. He was a part of you guys. No, that's it, awesome. Yes. Yeah, but it was, but it, you know, this the whole thing wasn't wasn't for them. Uh, the, uh, the whole thing wasn't wasn't for them. Yeah, it's it was for you guys. It was for us. That's hilarious. You know, it was a show for us. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was fantastic. And that was, was one uh, of his. That was one of his last performances too, right before he passed away. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Now he, you know, that that thing has got something like forty million it's views crazy. or something. Wow. It's just a silly, silly number of views I that saw it's got that. on the. Good. Well, it's all the all stars. It's all you guys. I mean, everybody wants to see all of it, but yeah, yeah. But that was wild. I saw that. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to do Maybe. some quick um, rapid fire questions at all, or what is your time like, Go on, Steve? Then. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I got, I got a little bit of time. I've got a friend of mine's coming over in a minute. Uh, okay. Steve, okay. we love you. My friend, my friend Robert, Robert, Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots is coming. No, over. I'm coming too, Steve. Mm-hmm. Give me your address. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys are real that. close by, right? Are you in the same area? Where are town? you? Where do you? No, live? no, he lives, he's, he's actually going to go to work at, uh, up in Simi Valley, so he's he's, he's going to come back by here. Where are you? Don't have to tell us, but uh, are you in Burbank? No, I'm Van Nuys. Van Nuys, okay, okay. Well, they call it Lake Balboa. Like, <laughs> I love it. That's yeah, true. It used to, it used to, it used to be very nice. I mean, it's fancy. It like, well, fancy. It added a hundred thousand dollars to my house value, so that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> You're in a good area. I'll just say that much. It's very nice. Right, shoot. Let me have these questions. Come okay. On, yes. Do it. All right. Let's see. And we need to talk about your turtle. Remind oh, me. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's so cute yeah. in the background. That's that's the water yeah. noise we hear. Just I love around. it. I used to work at a at, in the amphibian section of. A, does he have a place to land? Because they're they live <laughs> yes, a lot up on, longer. Up on, the, up on the top. Oh, he can is get one, up there. One is one is up there now. Somebody. Someone's up there. <laughs> Julianne yeah. was distracted this whole time, worried about your turtle being able to. I was making sure rest. that he had a place because a lot of people will just throw him in a tank and they don't realize they need no, heat. No, no, no. And no they also they need got, a they got, See that where the light is? Yeah. That's, that's the, they, they get up there and they sunbathe up there. Steve, you're I just. <laughs> I love you so much. The animal part of me. I know. She loves secure. her animals. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's his name? What are the both of them? Annie and Charlie. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Well, I don't know if they're boys or girls. Maybe they're both boys. <laughs> you but can they, tell they, they, do have... that, they, they do that turtle love dance. Ooh. Too, so. But you're open-minded now. It's it okay. Doesn't really, doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really yeah, matter now, does it? That's no, great. it doesn't. Good for you. You've turned a corner, Steve. I you're, love it. Yes, you you're woke. We're all woke. Yeah. Um, I've got some fans here that just wanted to say a few things. So Bill Deutsch wants you to know what a great drummer you are. Just Thank straight you. away. Um, is there any talk about scheduling a tribute concert for Tom? Uh, Rick Musino wants to know. No, well, uh, you know, there was, there was, there was talk, there was talk about, about actually doing what Tom wanted to do, which was the, the wildflowers 
and, and all the rest uh, uh, to at one point. It sort of all went all, all went out the window when the, you know there was such such a big disturbance that, that happened with the uh, with the uh, uh, when Tom passed away. With uh, there was disputes going on between family stuff and everything. Mm. And so it's it's all it's all been sort of shelved. I, I I don't know I don't know if it'll ever happen. It would be nice for me. It would be nice if it did. I've really enjoyed that. If I go play those songs one more time, because so, I know I know the fans are missing it, mm -hmm. and and uh, and I know nobody plays that stuff like we do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Tom used to talk about the tribute bands. You know, somebody asked him once. He said, he said to him, he said, he said, what do you what do you think? What about what do you think about the tribute bands? He says, well, you know, so it's okay. Just as long as they're not better than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's got to be a lot of those, right? Everybody's. No. Yeah. Yeah. What would hold <laughs> What would hold you back from doing that? Is it just a matter of coordination, or everyone just yeah, has to be on the I, same page? I, uh, yeah, and I think you know, it's still everybody still feels yeah. still feeling. It. It, nobody's over that. Yeah. I don't think anybody's over it yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mike over it. I don't know. Yeah. It's difficult. It's really difficult sometimes to, to go and play any of those songs and, yeah. uh, without 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 thinking about it. And, you know, Absolutely. You know, we, everybody handles grief differently. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, yeah this is this. Is so uh, you know, you never know. Pray a lot. Yeah. Pray about it, yeah. and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. All the fans out there, there's a lot of prayer needs to happen. We'll, I know. We'll see. Let's see. Um. Average white man, we have a question. Someone's from Scotland. This is Mike Edwards. He wants to know, um, oh, who who were Scottish? Oh, no, ask about your time with average white man. You kind of talked about it. Um, and do you get to see Brighton play soccer much these days? Yes, I do. I got them on TV. I, 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 saw, them, I saw them play last week. I think it was Wolves. They, uh, they beat one up. Nice. That was all right. <laughs> I did get to see them. Okay. And, I... uh, and uh, one thing about Average White Band is that Pick Up the Pieces is going to be it's on the uh, inaugural playlist. So, uh, You're kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, I just, I just, I just found that out this morning. Okay, wow, yeah. on the charts, That's awesome. <laughs> Joe Biden, Woo! I love it. Now, yeah. okay, second great. I have a good segue. Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask two more questions? Yeah, yeah, but real quick. Oh. Okay. Joe Biden, um, in his first acceptance speech, um, you know, when he got elected, used a Coldplay song. I'm a big Coldplay yeah. fan. Do you know the guys in Coldplay? Do you know the drummer Will Champion? No. Oh. That was it. Joelle tries to work Coldplay in every interview we do, and someday she's going to find someone who knows this, these well, guys. Well, I feel... What, are you going to think for the drummer? Yeah. No, 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 for the not singer. necessarily. They're, uh, they're yes, nice guys, does. but they're from England, mm -hmm. and I... You should have something for the drummer. Yeah, well... Yeah. He's a very good guy. Well, there was a big stand-up routine about being the drummer in Coldplay. The fact is, he's, you know, insanely popular. Their music is all over the world, but he's the drummer, so he's kind of got the superhero power where he can go anywhere and do anything he wants. He's not necessarily recognized. Knows who he is. Yeah. yeah. And like the bass player of YouTube. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he actually Greatest job in the world. Yeah. Doesn't have to do all the interviews, doesn't have to do any of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Just has to be the bass player in YouTube and collect the money. Right. Yeah. He snuck he snuck himself into an episode of the Game of Thrones and he was the drummer during the wet red wedding scene for the for the wedding. And people didn't know who he was. They thought he was an extra. So then I wondered if you've ever been in TV shows, have you been able to be kind of stealth and uh, enjoy the luxury of being a famous drummer? Not the front person. Well, I was I was in uh, As the World Turns once. Oh, Steve. 
Can yeah. you <laughs> cry on cue? Uh, we, we, I was in a wedding band uh, with Paul Schaefer and Will Lee wow. uh, from, from the David Letterman show. I Edelman love it. Show. That's awesome. Uh, and, and we played something like uh, Tainted Love, oh my oh. Sexual, sexual Healing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> we played it. The song list was just ridiculous what we played at this wedding. That's great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. There you go. And they didn't catch it. They let, oh, it's live. Yeah. Soaps aren't, that was all yeah. live. They couldn't well, take no, it out. It, it was, we, well, I don't know, I don't, I forget, it might have been recorded, but we, they did the scene and then we, we were just playing in the, we played in the background. That's great. We actually playing. We were actually playing. It was like live music. That's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. Paul Schaefer, yeah. my God. I know. Another Steve, who have you not played with? Friendly, bald. <laughs> what was your yeah. favorite Heartbreakers song to play or Tom Petty song? Yeah, there wasn't one. Yeah, you many. love them all. This Tom was Petty a one. question from Pam again. And we're, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. We don't want to ask um, too many of those. This is kind of a touchy question. Uh, Lisa Traxler wanted to know if you've ever um, talked with Stan Lynch, and are you guys on? I never, I never have spoken. I only met Stan once, and that was at the when when the Heartbreakers got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and and uh, n- nothing more than just say hi, how you doing? That was about. Yeah, because he was the yeah. former drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil Rude says he's a huge Heartbreakers fan. He loved seeing you play with Lark and Poe when you played Honeybee. Do you remember yeah. this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. I love Lark and Poe. They're, they're, uh, I got to play with them when Tom when Tom uh, won uh, won the uh, uh, songwriter uh, songwriter award for the uh, uh, music cares at the uh, at the Grammy uh, the Grammys and the, the, they asked me to play in the in the house band. Uh, um, Management asked me to play in the house band if I would do that. Just to, so that's awesome. It, 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 it didn't want, <laughs> he didn't want things to. He didn't want Tom sitting there and people playing Tom Petty songs and and, and, and Tom getting all pissed off because they were screwing him up. So he's going there just 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 make sure that they don't screw him up. So <laughs> so cute. <laughs> but hey. the Larkin, I mean, they were great musicians, and the Larkin Poe were amongst those musicians. And, and we've become we become really good friends, uh, uh, and and us and uh, and uh, Rebecca's husband Tyler Bryant. We've become really good friends, and uh, and uh, and uh, I love their music. And uh, and and finally, they asked me to play with them, and it was like, yes, yeah. You played some of them so, on your show too. It was good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I played them a lot. I played them a lot. They they're really really mm-hmm. good good players. Really Very good players. How was okay? So my question. Abbey Road. You got to record at freaking Abbey Road. Was that as yeah. big as it sounds to me? Yeah, it was, I played in, in Studio Way. I had the whole thing to myself. That's crazy. Get, now that yeah. must have been a moment because I would. Oh yeah. I mean, if I could pack up a studio and take it with me everywhere, that'd be the one. That one. That one in Paris Station in New York. Can't let out that Paris Station. And, uh, yeah. Okay. It was, it was just amazing. Oh. Yeah. It's because of the equipment they use, or because the history. The sound of the room. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it was just an amazing room to to, to, to play. I don't, uh, you know, so, some of these studios, like you know, Capital Radio, uh, Capital Studios over there. You go over there, you set up a drum kit, and there it is. It's it just it's just got this. You know, they got these these knee old knee boards and great. I went into the Capitol Records one and they had, uh, we got to, for a movie we were shooting in uh, the old Frank Sinatra mic. Did you see him? Yeah. I don't know if that was a. I don't know all yeah, the ins and outs. I mean, they have all these mics and all these old mics yeah. and, and stuff. And it just sounds like a palace when you go and make a record in those places. It's, There's it's, a freaking sound chamber there. I didn't yeah, realize Danny Elfman recorded like down in the cellar. Yeah, it's, under, 
It's just underneath the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> they're, that's they're, cool. They're, they're, uh, they're reverb. They're reverb. And and if you go if you go to, to Hitsville, which is where they recorded all the Motel stuff, which is in a house, it's a very small studio. Where's uh, that? Uh, in in uh, Detroit. Oh, got it. It's, it's actually a museum. If you, if you ever go to Detroit, you can go there. Wow. And their echo chambers up in the in the uh, in the attic, so you can actually, if you if, if the guy thinks that you're a real dedicated person, he'll show you to pull out a little step ladder and you'll open it up, and you can actually go and stick your head up there, and you're actually in the the, the echo chamber that, oh. that was all over those Motown records wow. that made everything so. That's right, so the echo chamber. That we gotta hang out. Uh oh. I'm going to shoot right now. He's here. Robert Delayer. He's got to go. He's got a date with the... those guys. Well, let me see. Oh, Are you here? Okay, I'll be right out. Steve Ferroni, yeah. you are the amazing. Your fans love you. One last thing. Um, do you know how much that you mean to the fans? Matt Slifko wants you to know that. Yes, I okay. do, and I don't take any of it. Oh, thank we you, love you so Steve. much for your time. And where can people find you and look for your stuff? Oh well, I mean, you can find me on on the on the, on Tom Petty Radio, the New Guy Show, and there's a the New Guy Show Facebook page. There's steveferroni.com, and uh, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm not I'm not that difficult to find. Good. Look around, rake around in the internet, you can find me. Amazing. Well, Come visit next time you're in the hood by Matt's house. I will do. I'm I right down do. the street from Matt. I will do. I, will I miss sure you. I get my shot first. Though, you know. Yeah, Don't me too. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Big hugs. We love you. Amazing. Bye, we love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Steve. Bye-bye. In Abbey Road, that's such an iconic place to record. It's just, that would do it for me. Like, going walking into that building, being like, oh, I'm my sure. God, the freaking Beatles recorded here and so many other people. And, yeah. 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 I know. It's Here's amazing. camera. <laughs> well we did it and i'm so glad and thankful for steve to be on and uh glad that we have an exciting new audience maybe with some uh, tom petty fans and other steve ferroni fans that's right who might find this what was the name of the group the tom petty group that we asked a lot of their questions oh they're tom petty nation they're on facebook so yeah, yeah. and then um, Steve Froney has a fan page, and uh, there's many followers of him just for being a great drummer. And the whole drum community uh, mm-hmm. looks to him for a lot of answers. And he demos lots of products, and he's always doing yeah. stuff with that. So and listen to his podcast; it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, good. It's a ra- it's more like a radio show. He's kind of like a DJ. He kind of throws songs up there and talks mm-hmm. a little bit in between, but not a lot. And it's on Sirius XM, which I. Th- think you can get the app just as well if you have a um, subscription or not so tom petty radio well and we are available everybody on mouseandweens.com as you know we're going to transcribe this we'll put all the notes there Uh, that is also where you can link to any other pod player Um, if you're seeing this on youtube you can listen to the audio in your ears while you run around or whatever um, on any pod player where else are we? We're on patreon.com backslash mouse and weens, and that's for our VIP members. It is a small cost, $5 a month, but with that, you get unedited everything. We put out bloopers and, and little behind the scenes videos and songs and things like that. We, we'll shout you out. We we'll shout you thank out. You. That's right. We give you a swag bag, all sorts of good things. And right now, we would like to say thank you to Alexander, Jody, to Carla, 
to Megan and to Joyce for being our patrons. And Thank you, you guys, guys are our family. This is um, a special place in our heart where we know that you're you're finding value in us. We find value in you. So thank you. And you. Uh, anything else, Weens? I just am so grateful that Steve came and showed up and did this. He, you know, had a Rolling Stone interview and then he did Mouse and Weens. So we're so grateful. <laughs> it's <laughs> just be. he's a lovely human. He's he's he really doesn't have an ego, and that's what's lovely about him. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a good, he, good guy, good friend. We didn't get to talk a lot about it, but I hear him talk about his grandkids a lot, too. So he's a family guy down to earth, and it comes through, it shows through, and his talent and his heart are amazing. So, yeah. yay. Well, Very thank grateful. you. We're glad that we're part of the catalog of Steve Ferroni now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to disagree with you, the crime don't pay But you made a lot of enemies along the way The alchemy you need to find the perfect lick The sleight of hand till you find the three-chord trick He made a lot of money and he made a lot of fools I guess he liked the smell of it, just following his Formula you can't go wrong If you play the blues You knew it all along Play the three chord trick And you got yourself a song Welcome ladies and gentlemen and the rest of you. What is the perfect package? Well, it could be anything. This week we'll be creating the perfect strip mall, the perfect school lunch, wedding guest list, the perfect fast food meal. We will be casting the perfect season of Big Brother using only Muppets. Two hosts, five pigs, one perfect package. Each episode is full of friendly debates. Off, dude. Nobody wants that. You're not Mozart. And very strong opinions. You know I have no opinions. I just like things. The Perfect Package Podcast, part of the Podfix Network. Visit p3show.com for more details. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.